All right, if you guys have a Bible, you guys can grab it, and um, we're going to be in Romans chapter 1. Now, we're continuing on, and actually we're going to uh, finish our little short series that we've been on the last few weeks here, uh, The Best News Ever. And uh, th- these cards, everybody got one, I know you did, if you didn't get one, um, ask your wife or significant other, husband, whoever, whatever, because you probably did get one, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot, yeah, I put it in my Bible, and well, it's because you haven't picked up your Bible in a couple weeks, and uh, you don't know where it's at, oh, he's going to be that guy today, it's going to be fun, um, I, I have had the, the opportunity to uh, really put into action a lot more, <laughs> just even this week, um, the, the, these principles in which we've been talking about uh, the the idea that uh, we are to and I'm trying my hardest, Brenda. This is put your foot out, Bobby. If I go too far, right? Um, the, this uh, I don't want to be on the stage right now. I'm, I want to be down with everybody. Um, but this idea that, that we need to be uh, more uh, active in sharing our faith, more active in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, we, we have uh, talked a, a few uh, a few times over the past few weeks. Our, our kids on the missions trip, God bless you, our kids on the missions trip um, got a like a steroid dose of evangelism. And I, I think that, that one of the things that um, we as adults need to do is help foster those uh, those young minds but at the same time we have to ask ourselves how are we doing with sharing the gospel uh, the text in which we're going to look at today is a, a famous text and it's so famous that uh, Kurt uh, stole my text this morning uh, <laughs> it was funny because he comes into my office and I was telling him about you know I was all juiced up like I'm gonna I'm going to be here, I'm going to be in Romans chapter 1, and you could see him. He was like, took a step back, like, okay. Well, verse you give me, I'm like 16, he's like, okay. He's like making his way towards it, no. Um, he's like, well, you, you want me to call or change my call to worship? I'm like, no, 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 no. I just love how God is working uh, through it all. So uh, we will be, I'm going to cover a few more verses, read a few more verses, give us a little bit more context here, but we will focus on uh, verse 16, and I've got three points that I want to make because uh, any good you know, Baptist preacher has three points in a poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. Something, something, God loves you. Okay, there's the poem, and we'll get the, the points in a second. If you are taking notes, the, the uh, big idea that I just want to get out there is the gospel is nothing to be ashamed of. The gospel is nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, so often what I think that we have is we have... Uh, um, a, a, a want to share news. And, and the news in which we share, I'm not saying that in which you're sharing is good news or bad news. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Uh, some of it is news that, um, you know, baby was born. That's, that's, that's awesome news. Maybe some of it's bad, like uh, we were talking with, with Ben this morning and uh, his male lady got into an accident. That's, that's bad news. But we have a tendency, it is inside of us to communicate, and this is a whole other sermon because God's a God who communicates, uh, and we're made in His image. But um, we are are, uh, made to communicate with one another, and that which we communicate with one another um, is is the news. Now, I'm not talking about news that you see on TV and all this other stuff, because we can get into uh, plenty of 
uh, 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 of uh, debates, fake news, real news, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about messages in which you are, are transmitting, that you are, are, are giving to those individuals that are around you. Because there's no doubt that messages can change lives. Now, you don't have to give me an example, but has anybody in here, uh, by a show of hands, have, have, have you ever had a message given to you that has just changed, let's just say, your day? Anybody? I think everybody at one point or another has had some, they hear news and it changes everything about that day, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Some can say, well, I've had, new, I've had the, the news given to me that, that, that has changed my, my week or even my month or even my year or, or my life entirely. And I think that it, it is important that as we uh, talk about the gospel, the good news, that we talk about it in light of the transformative power in which it has. And I love how, how Kurt, he kind of set up the, uh, the, he set the tee on, or the ball on the tee, and all I got to do is I got to hit it now. Whether it's golf or, or tee ball, probably more tee ball. Golf, not my, my thing. Um, what's that? That's not a sport? You and Tiger need to talk then. He gets paid an awful lot of money for not playing a sport. Uh, uh, or driving fast in cars and something like that. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> but the message of the gospel is uh, the message that has been given or been given throughout history that has changed. It's changed everything. And, and those of you that are sitting here that have put your faith in Jesus, those who are online that are, you're taught or that you're listening to me while I'm inside of this box here, um, it, when, when those that have given their lives to Christ. That one message has changed everything. So when we talk about the message of the gospel, and we talk about its transformative power, remember the question in which I asked you last week. How, how many, I, no, I don't, and don't raise your hand here, don't, don't do that, but just how many of you actually thought about the question in which I asked? How many of you don't even remember the question? Don't raise your hand, because I don't want to feel offended. I, that's all right. Here, I'll ask you the question again. If you were lost... Remember, not in the woods, not on an island by yourself or in. No, if you were lost, meaning without Christ, like you did not or do not have Christ in your life, you have not surrendered your life to Christ. You are, you are not saved. You're not a believer, okay? So if you were lost, meaning God bless you, that was awful close. Uh, if you were lost, I might want to run outside. There you go. Um, but if you were lost, meaning without Christ, and every Christian shared the gospel as much as you share the gospel, would you ever hear the gospel? Now, when I said that, I, even last week when I said that, I'm not saying that so we like, oh, crap, I'm such a crappy Christian. Well, maybe you are. That's, a, that's between you and God. I don't, I don't know. But, but what I'm saying is like that, that should motivate us. Because if, if we have heard the message of the gospel, the, the greatest news in all of history, and we keep it to ourselves? How many of, of the people that God has put in your life, because I believe that God brings people in your life, even though you might not like the people that God brings in your life, uh, but God brings people in your life so that he can use you to share his message. 
How many of you, again, don't raise your hands, but just how many of you have thought about those people that are in your life that you know don't know Jesus? And how many of those people have you shared the gospel with? Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to sit down and run everybody through the Romans road. Some, some you may, some you may not. Yesterday, I had the great opportunity to, to sit with, with a, a gentleman, and I didn't lead him down the Romans road, but I sat there, and we were looking out at, at creation, and we just, I just started talking to him about uh, different things, and it was just awesome how God works. There was a, a, a dead stump that was out in front of us, and, 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 and I got into uh, just explaining, see that, all this beautiful creation out here. But you see that dead stump there. He's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of odd. I mean, we're sitting on, on, on a golf course. No, I wasn't golfing. But we're sitting on, on a golf course in this beautiful landscape and this little, this dead stump. I was like, you, you realize that when God uh, um, created all of this, he didn't create any of this where death existed. It wasn't until sin entered into the world. And, and I, I use that. I'm not going to go through the whole story. But I use that as, as an entry into like, okay, we're, we're, we're sinful and we need uh, redeemed. We need the, the saving grace of God in our lives. And because death is going to happen to us all, and we don't want to end up like that stump right there, there without life and just rotting away. So I, I don't expect everyone to be able to, to, to run through the Romans road, but I think that everyone should have a knowledge of what the gospel is and how in your way. Now, when I say this, this is very, this could be a slippery slope real, real quick. But what I want us to, to do is, I want us to understand that, that God wired us each differently. We each all have little quirks, right? A little here, little there, whatever. How God uses you to communicate with the, those around you. I'm not saying you take the gospel and you water it down or you twist it to... to no, no, I, I, what, what I'm going to say is I, I want us to be able to take the gospel, the truth, but then communicate it to those in our lives in the way in which they're going to hear it. One of those things I was talking with another guy, or uh, no, the same guy earlier on, and um, I said, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you, and you're understanding me, right? Well, why is that? Well, it's because we both speak English, right? We both speak the same language. Well, God speaks our language in the sense that he sent his son so he could communicate with us. Which he was sitting there like, oh, his mind blew again. So I mean, it was just, it was an awesome time. But, but understand that God has made us each individually <laughs> different. Some good, some, eh. look at Jake. Dude tries to cut off his leg with a weed eater. Just, just saying, um, ask him about it. Just the one leg. Uh, but, but God makes us different for a reason. He makes us different. We have different people in our lives so that the gates of heaven can be jam-packed with the people when, when, when everybody's getting there, right? Jersey Turnpike, rush hour, pole boot. That's what we want, the, 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 the pearly gates we want St. Peter to be going, oh, oh, where's he at? Where's he at? Oh, oh there he is. Okay. Where's she at? I'm, I'm sure that they probably have it's, a, it's facial recognition by now, right? Retina scan. 
But I, I, I want us to, to really take serious the fact that we need to understand the gospel and to share the gospel. So when Paul is writing this, I, I love the fact that, that um, when we, we have a tendency to, to just kind of pull texts out, and I'm, this is no knock on, on, on church, so don't think I'm saying that. But we have a, a tendency to pull texts out, and, and there, there's all a whole bunch more that's going on that we really don't have time to talk about, but we want to focus in. Oh, I got like five minutes, and I want to sit down and have my devotion time. Let me grab a, a, a verse and just uh, meditate on that verse. And just meditate on that verse all day long. I don't know about you, but I think that that's boring. Um, I, I, I know I'm a bad pastor because I said that, right? No, but I think that what happens is we use that as a crutch. We take a verse because what, what, man, I feel like I'm being derogatory today, but what we do is we see a, 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 a coffee cup verse. Somebody has a coffee cup, and we're like, oh, crap, I forgot to read my Bible. Let me see your coffee cup for a second. All right, I'm going to meditate on that verse all day long. No, that's fine. Think about what, what it is that God has given us. Yes, meditate on his word, chew on his word. But don't do that every single day. Like, I'm just going to pick a verse here. Read his word. He went out of his way. He did not have to give us this, but he did. Why? Because he wants to communicate with us. What? What does he want to communicate? The greatest message ever, which is the gospel. And we should not be ashamed of it, as verse 16 says. But I think that it is important that we look at this whole context. Because this, this, this message, and I love how, how Kurt set this up, was because this message is not just for the coming to Jesus people, right? The people who need to come to Jesus. It's for the people who are already with Jesus that need to grow in Him. So it's the power of God unto salvation. Yes, salvation, boom. But also for sanctification as well for our whole lives. Let's look at this. Verse 1, Paul is serving, and I love this, this opening. This is like one big Long sentence. So let's see if I can do it without breathing. There you can have it. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. I didn't want to stop it at all, but here. Right off the bat, he's like, I'm here for a reason. I've been set apart for a specific purpose. And it just happens to do with this gospel thing that we're going to talk about. Set apart for the gospel, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Well, Jesus in the gospel is only in the, the, uh, the New Testament. No, it's not. So the gospel, the first telling of the gospel happens all the way where? Anybody, anybody know this off the top of their head? Genesis 3.15, absolutely. Genesis 3.15 is the first telling of the gospel. So all the way back to the beginning, throughout the whole scriptures, and this is exactly what Paul is saying, because Paul heard the gospel his whole life growing up. He heard it, he heard it, he heard it. But it wasn't until that encounter on the road to Damascus that it all made sense. Well, what does that tell you? Well, that tells us not to give up with those people that are in our lives. that, we have, that you, they, you have shared the gospel with them. They have heard it. Well, it might take a few times. It, that doesn't reflect you. Or it doesn't reflect how good or bad of an evangelist you are. No, if it, we're called to, to share the good news. If you're doing your best 
if you're doing your best to share the good news, you have to rest in the work of the Holy Spirit to do His. You, you do your best. Now, what I'm, I'm not saying is use that as a crutch. Well, I tried. I hate that word. Because we, we, we put our, you know, we, we, we put that up on our, our mantle. We put our tri-trophy up there. Well, I tried to do it, and it just didn't work. I tried to, to, to call someone, but, you know, I was going to call and talk to my, my, my aunt about Jesus, but she didn't answer the phone. Well, it's because you called at 3 o'clock in the morning. She's in bed. But I tried. No, it's not about trying. It's about training. We all know that. But what we have to understand is that uh, um, as the Apostle Paul was, was growing up, he heard the gospel over and over and over. And it, the reason he heard the gospel over and over and over because it was promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, verse 3, concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, I love that, all the nations. Jake, what does that all mean in Greek? All, all the nations, including you who are called to, to belong to Jesus Christ, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from our God and our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's Paul talking to? He's talking to everybody. He's talking, he, he, he's communicating to us. This letter here is specifically written to this church at Rome, right? We would agree with that? Now, in, in this church at Rome, he's talking to the what in the church here? Believers. This message is to the believers. So why am I stressing it? Because when we get to 16, this is going to make us or make a lot more sense, I believe, because too often what we do is we get that coffee cup verse and we're like, all right, pep game or pregame pep talk and go. Well, listen to what Paul is saying here and listen to who he is saying this to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. So Paul, right off out the gate, he's like, all right, y'all know Jesus. You all love Jesus. You all are, 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 are living out your faith, right? Their faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. Hold on to that. Their faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. People are saying, not, you know, look at those Christians over there. No, their lives have been changed. Their faith is being proclaimed, and everybody is taking notice of it. I don't think that what, what we or what I, we cannot fall into the trap of, oh, that means I've got to be like the Pharisees and go around and just puff out my chest and be all legalist. No, no, no. That's not faith. That's self-righteousness, and that's not what we are after here. The Apostle Paul is saying, your faith, 
That, that action in which you believe, the actions of your life are showing what it is that you are believing, that you profess. You're not only professing them with words, you're professing them with uh, action. And it's being seen throughout all the world. For God as my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son. There's that, that word again, the gospel. That without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at, at last succeed in coming to you. The Apostle Paul is clear here. He didn't plant this church. He's not just writing to this church trying to, to puff them up because, oh, that's one of my, that's one of my, 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 my seeds out there. I've got to make sure that that succeeds because I planted it. No, Paul didn't plant this church. He's never even seen this church, but he's heard about it. And he's like, I, I, I long to come and see you. I, I, I hope by God's will that I may at, at last succeed in coming to you, coming your way. He says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. He, when he's saying this, he's like, I'm not coming. I don't want to just come there to beat you over the head because you got something wrong. No, I want to be built up. I want to build you up. I want to encourage you. But I also want you to encourage me. I, I look at this on, on, a, on a selfish level. It's like, this is one of those things. When I get to come and, and preach, I, my, my goal, I want to encourage you. But at the same time, as I, I want to encourage you, I am being encouraged. And that's what Paul is saying here. I want to come encourage you. I want to help teach you. I want to, to see you grow in your faith. But as you are growing in your faith, I also am reaping some benefits there. He says, I do not want uh, you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus, thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some uh, harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So, pause for a second. Knowing the context of what's going on in this church is important here too. This, this uh, letter in which Paul uh, is writing here, uh, he's writing it in the late 50s, probably around 57-ish, all right? And what has happened, what has taken place, uh, is the emperor had, had um, previously kicked out all of the Jews. Kicked out all of the Jews out of Rome. And what happened is when all of the, the, the Jewish people were, were kicked out of Rome, all of the, the non-Jew, the Gentiles, were the ones that were congregating together as the body, Right? So what, 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 is that, what does that have any significance? Well, now at this time, the Jewish people were allowed to come back into the church. So you have Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians that are, they're, they're button heads a little bit. Like they're trying to do church and they can't really decide which way to do it. Well, I want to do it this way and it should be done this way. And it, well, we don't have to do this. We got to do this. And you guys have never heard anything like that, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, this is going on in the first century. So Paul is writing when he says, like, I, I'm under obligation. My, my, my ministry is to both the, the, the Gentiles and to the Jews. 
to the wise and the unwise. You'll, if you read on, you'll, you'll see that Paul even refers to the, 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 the strong and the weak. Now, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? What Paul is doing here is he's setting up this, he's kind of coming to his point he wants to make. The point he wants to make is like, okay, everybody that's in here, everybody that, that, that is, is hearing this message, he says, so, I love those, remember, so, it's because of something. So, verse 15, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Okay. Who's he preaching to? The church, right? The believers in the church, the Jews and the Gentiles. He's like, I'm eager to come to you to preach what? Well, that you got to do this and you don't got to, you can't do this. And, no, no. He's eager to come and preach the gospel. Why is he eager to come and preach the gospel? Because the gospel is what's going to transform the individuals. It's not a bunch of rules. It's not a, a bunch of regulations or anything. It's the gospel. That's why in verse 16, one of our favorite verses, that he says, okay, I, I, I'm 15, I'm coming to preach the gospel to you. 16, 4, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He's like, I'm coming to preach this to you, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. What's the big deal? Think about this. I know that if the preacher came to you and said, are you ashamed of the gospel? No, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Okay. I know that everybody would answer it that way. What Paul is saying is he is making a declaration that, uh, of himself that he's not ashamed, and therefore what he wants to come and proclaim to them is they need not be ashamed of that same gospel. But again, who's he preaching it to? The believers. And he's preaching it within the context of unifying this church. How are we going to overcome situations that we need to deal with with inside the church? The gospel. Wait a second, I thought that was the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. Absolutely. When we understand that we have one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to proclaim the gospel, if we are being idiots about what, I don't know, type of music or what color of carpet or any of those things, because we don't have to deal with those things here. Whatever. Where we go here, what we do here, or are we going to let Jake uh, you know, grow his beard out? Are we not? Or you know, I'm trying to grow mine, and my wife hates it. I don't think it's too bad for, for, for two and a half weeks. Yeah. Eh. That's cute. Shut up. I'm going to get implants. But we don't have to argue about, we don't have to bicker and fight about these things. Because if we stay focused on the gospel, th this is why I love in any type of marriage counseling in which I do, I am the worst marriage counselor, by the way, so please don't ask me to do it. I'll help however I can. I have no tricks or, tr or, or, or anything. I want to, and I say don't ask me to do it, but I'm, I'm not saying, I ask me because they always turn into Bible studies. Those of you who have been in, in with me know that we just end up Bible studies because at the end of the day, I'm sitting there scratching my head trying to, oh, i got to come up with something good to tell them. I don't have anything good to tell you other than what Jesus did. And I know that that is what's going to transform your life. Husband, wife that are fighting about whatever and can't agree on, oh, all right. Secular psychology, Christian psychology 
is not going to change your life in a way which is going to be transformative and is going to sustain the test of time. Only the gospel is going to do that. Sounds like a simple message. It is a simple message. That's point number one I want you to write down. We should be unashamed of the simple message of the gospel. It's simple. There is no... Now, I'm not saying it's easy, right? It's, It's not easy... But it's simple. You guys seen the bracelets that we, we had and we passed out and the kids have and everything. The, 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 the gospel, if you want to, and, and I was, this stupid little bracelet was a, was a tool even yesterday that I was able to share with an individual. Like, okay, well, what's that, that thing you have there? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Because it says that, that, that he came. Who, who's he? Jesus Oh, yeah, I've heard about him. Uh, Jesus came. He died. He rose again. He ascended to heaven. He's coming back. You believe all that? I absolutely do. Because that's the good news. How else are we going to get out of here? Right? What, what, what's your plan? We're here for a reason. We've been put here. There's something else after this. What's your plan on getting off planet Earth? I hope you're not with old, uh, as my, my grandpa calls him, Jeff Bozo, Bezo, the, the, the owner of Amazon and his rockets, or, or uh, Elon, you know. What, what happens with those rockets? Some of them explode, uh, but they come back to Earth, right? They, they're not going to sustain eternity. Now, how are we going to get out of here? Well, Jesus is going to come again. I want to be ready. That's an awesome question to ask somebody when you, when you uh, get to that point. I, I don't want to, some people say, well, you have to ask them if they want to invite Jesus into their heart. Okay, you do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to look him right in the eye, and I'm going to say, when that sky splits open, <laughs> that sky right there, it's awesome when you're sitting on a golf course doing some nice, beautiful sky, and you, you park your golf cart just in a way, so you're looking out into the east, and you say, hey, when that sky right there <clears throat> splits open, and Jesus comes riding back. Are you ready for that? <laughs> the looks in which people give you, like, hmm, never thought about it that way. You believe in that? Well, yes, I believe that because that's what the Bible says. That's the gospel. That's the simple message of the gospel. That is, he came, he died, he rose again, he ascended, and he's coming back. It's, it's simple. We can be unashamed of that simple message. Paul here, he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you. I know you guys have already heard it, just like y'all are sitting here today. Like, I've heard this before. Good. I'm still eager to come preach the gospel to you. If I ever, if I ever lose my eagerness to preach the gospel to you, can me, please? If anybody stands here and is just, oh, I want to give you my, you know, a good self-help. No, that, that's not what this is intended for. The preacher should be eager to preach, but I think also the, the messengers, all of us should be eager to preach the gospel. Again, that's not taking a stick and beating somebody up. No, beating them over the head with the gospel. It's It's... It's living your life in a way that displays your faith, just like this church, that their faith had been proclaimed throughout the world. How do we how do, we do that? 
it, it starts with us not being ashamed of the gospel. That's why Paul says, I'm eager to preach, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, he, he says that, it's a, he, that he's not ashamed of it, and he says, as Kurt said this morning, it's the power of God. This simple message that we should not be ashamed of has to start with our unashamedness. I don't know if that's a word it is now. Unashamedness has to start with inside the church, right? It's got to start when we're talking. Again, this isn't like every conversation I have with Jake always has to talk about Jesus. No, but we need to have gospel conversations. We all have to have, we should be having gospel conversations. I don't stand up here and tell you that I've, I've led this many people to the Lord and God's really doing something through me for, so that I can get an attaboy on the back. What I want to do, and I've been convicted of this, is I need to share more with y'all how God is working through me. Because what does that do? That encourages you. When you see something happen, you're more apt to do it, right? I, I don't want a paddle. I'm, I, I know what I'm, get, I'm getting in heaven. I'm getting a dump truck of rewards, and I'm going to dump it at the feet of Jesus because it's only Him that's able, that is worthy of all of that. And I don't do that. I don't want to boast you. I want to encourage you. I don't know if you guys know this, but I... I'm not an extrovert. Uh, no, no, I, I'm, I'm serious. My wife, my wife will tell you, I've become an extrovert, but I was not born that way. My dad, on the other hand, I don't think he's ever met someone he's, uh, that's a stranger. I don't like people. <laughs> right? So, somebody, yeah, at least somebody's honest. I don't. I think people are mean. I think they're crazy. Um, I know. I'm not. That's why I'm down here on the floor. Err. Crazy err, right? Yes. I mean, but, but people, because you know what? People lie. The great theologian Gregory House said, all people lie. Some of you got that, right? All people are liars. Yes, they do, but you know what? Those people are the people in which Christ died for. Even though I'm not by, by, by design uh, a, a, an extrovert, God has, and this is, where, this is where I can say I'm convinced. I am fully persuaded of the transformative power of the gospel. Because if it weren't, and I'm not trying to boast, please hear this. If it weren't for the gospel, I could not stand in front of anybody and talk. Now, y'all can't get me to shut up, right? Still through the gospel. Like, come on. It, it, but understand the transform. I, so I am fully convinced, as it says in Acts, that we talk about a fully persuaded that this is the truth. This is the power of God at work. And, and, and I, I wish, as Paul says elsewhere in Romans, a little bit further on, he, he says that I wish that everyone 
Everyone would experience that transformative power. When, when we experience, and I'm not saying that, that God's working in you is all experiential. I think that's the word. That you have to just experience it to know that he's working. Because I, I still love that, that Waymaker song, right? Even when I don't see it, he's working, right? Even when I don't feel it, he's working. You never stop. You never stop work, right? Come on. So uh, w- w- what we understand is that, yes, we can feel it, but I think that it's all about evidence. There's so many evidences of, of God working. Identify the evidence in your life that God is working. So when you're like, I'm kinda, I don't know if I can talk about, well, why are you different? Why are you different because you believe the gospel? What's that? His life, yes. Think about it. What light is inside of you now that wasn't there before? This is a light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Right? I was told I wasn't allowed to talk about food today, so we're going to go just a bunch of songs. So understand that, like, how are we different? Don't be ashamed of how you're different. Embrace God working in you. Because I think that what we see or have a tendency to do is that we let the enemy kind of take and push our light, put a bushel over the candle, right? Oh, no, there you go. There's my good Sunday school boy, right? But that, that's what we, have, we let happen. And what we need to do is, no, I'm, I'm unashamed. We need to learn to be unashamed. And we need to learn that by our brothers and sisters here first. That's why Paul's saying here, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you and you being the church. You already believe it for for salvation. He's talking sanctification here now. Not only is it a simple message. Number two, we should be unashamed of the supernatural might of the gospel. This is where, wait a second. I was, man, I, I, I was, I was, brought up in one of those churches that you just sat there and shut up and you didn't say a word. You can't talk supernatural. That's some easy. I'm not getting on Dan's bandwagon where he wants to run around the room. Come on now. now I, what I'm saying is we don't need to be scared of the Spirit of God. One of my prayers this morning to a guy that I every Sunday, him and I exchanged some texts, was, and I just... I'm praying that the Spirit of God moves mightily. Not, not, and, and not crazily. The Spirit of God's not crazy. But He's mighty. He's able. When we're talking about the gospel, we're, we're talking about we have to un, be unashamed of the supernatural might, the supernatural power of the gospel. What, 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 what do you mean? I'm convinced that God will work through you when you let Him work through you. Now, it's not as if He's fighting against you. What it is, is you're fighting against Him, and He's saying, okay. You ever heard the the, the term that the, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman? He's saying, okay. I'll stand right here. It's going to be an awesome effect for, on camera. Right? I'll just stand right here and I'll hang out. 
When, when, when you're ready, I'll, I'll come in. I'll guide you. I'll lead you. I'll protect you. But in, in, until you're ready, I'll just I'll stand over here. Maybe like this. I can't wait to see it on video and what this looks like. But that's that's the Holy Spirit. Not that God cannot overpower you. He can over. He spoke creation into existence. I think he can overcome your stubborn will if he wanted to. It's understanding that when we submit ourselves to him, and that we do not need to be afraid, nor do we need to be ashamed of the supernatural power of God working through us. Because again, I, I believe that God works in us as He's working through us. As he's, we're the conduit. He's working through us, and as He works through us, we will be changed. This is kind of what Paul is saying here. I want to come and I want to encourage you, but I also want to be encouraged. I want to be the conduit that God uses to, to encourage you, but as that's happening, I am going to be encouraged as well. We will mutually benefit from this. We're going to mutually benefit. So, so think about that. Paul's going to benefit from sharing the gospel. Hmm, fancy that. You, I, we will benefit from sharing the gospel. So it's not as if we're, that, that God is waiting with a, a, a check mark and, all right, he shared the gospel. Oops, she shared the gospel here. Oops. No, 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 it's understanding that the reason that we were set here, the reason that we're still here, is to glorify him. And as we glorify him, or I should say, as we share the gospel, we glorify him. So, it, it, it's not as if we have a, a heavenly father. And I love how Jesus says it. Like, you know, how would, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously. How would you expect, you know, your, your heavenly father not to give you better gifts than your earthly father? You know, how many of you ask your, your father for uh, some fish and he gives you a scorpion? Or ask you for some bread, he gives you a stone. How much more will your heavenly father give you the spirit if you ask? How much more, how much better gifts? So the benefit is, like, think about this. God wants to bless us. He wants to do these things in our life. But he's not going to make us the end. He's going to make us a means to his end. As we share the gospel, yes, those around us are being encouraged. Maybe some are coming to, to, to faith in Christ. But as we share, we are mutually benefited. It goes on here to say for in, in 17, for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Ask yourself that question. Am I living by faith? This is not blind faith where you're like, oh, I got it. No, no. Are you believing that, that what God said is true? What he, how He tells us we should do this, we shouldn't do that. We should worship Him and no, no thing else, no one else. Are, are, are we on track with that? The righteous shall live by faith. 
Not only here do we have a, a simple message and a supernatural might that we should not be ashamed of. Point number three, and we're circling, getting ready to land. We should be unashamed of the saving ministry of the gospel. I don't know about you, but I can tell you numerous times when I'm sharing the, the gospel with someone that I hear, not, not audibly, but this, this, this I don't know, thought, whatever it may be, but they're chirping in my ear. It says, you don't really know what you're talking about. Does this really even make a difference? Well, you know what's going to happen. You're going to tell them this, and they're not going to change. Anybody else have you experienced that? That's an attack from the enemy. That, that, that is where what we have to do is, like Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. I wouldn't say that while you're sharing the gospel with someone because that person may think that you're talking to them. So, you know, you can do it in your head. But understand that this saving, this saving ministry is, is not yours to, hear me, is not yours to accomplish, it's yours to, to do. What, what do I mean? It's yours to share. The ministry is yours to participate in. But the outcome is God's. This saving ministry is to understand that we've been given and we're being called and we've been given the message to, to proclaim. We've been given the light in which to shine. We are not the Savior. I know that that is a hard uh, a hard pill to swallow for some people because they're like, I want to help them. I want to, and you want to be the answer to their problem. If you're the answer to their problem when it comes to this and probably most other things, you're going to let them down. You are never going to, this is encouragingly, no, but you are never going to fulfill that saving aspect. That if you were to stand in front, when you ask your, 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 your friend, your family, whoever it is, if you're gonna, when you stand in front of God and he says, okay, why should I let you in? It's not going to be, well, I'm good friends with Jake. You know, he's a really good guy. He told me about this gospel, but I mean, I heard it. I listened to him. Oh, I believe it, but. Well, the saving ministry is upon the Holy Spirit to act. The saving ministry is what God does. Why doesn't God just save everybody? I don't know. Because He planned it this way. This is, this is the way in which He's... He just does. He's told you. He's told me to be the instruments that he uses to go out and to save, not as we are saying, so that he can save this dying world. Well, why doesn't he just write it in the sky? I am real, believe in me. He could, but he has chosen us. 
to take this message unashamedly and take it to all the nations. And I think that it all starts here. We have to, to, to be able to wrestle, like, wrestle with it here. All right, I need to do it. Now, now maybe it's this. Maybe you need to wrestle with it at home with your, your spouse, with your children. Again, I'm not saying, all right, everybody sit down. It's Bible time. And then you're upset with your, and this, this was me early on. I remember, I mean, anybody ever meet my son? <laughs> when he was like five, well, he, it's not much different, but, but I mean, just five-year-old, and I would try to sit down, and we'd try to do a Bible study, a little devotion, and they were messing around, and, and believe it or not, the, the kids would bicker and everything, and I'm like, stop it, we're talking about Jesus, and love is patient and kind, does not end. <sighs> you know what, spare the right, yeah, we go straight to that. Understanding that we have this, we've got to do it. No, it's not. I'm not saying those things are wrong as far as sitting down with your kids and doing Bible study. Not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, like what Paul here says, your faith has been is proclaimed throughout the world. Why? Because it's been seen. The worst thing you can do, mom, dad, is to say one thing and do another. Hypocrite, right? Hypocrite, an actor of something that's not real. Understand that we need to, to uh, be unashamed of the gospel. Well, it's going to be, I, I don't know, you know, my, my husband, my wife, my kids, they might think I'm weird. <laughs> they already think you're weird. You might as, well, might as well be weird for Jesus. Because that is going to have a more lasting impact than anything else that you do. Any activity that you take your kid to. There's nothing more important for a family than to be unashamed of the gospel. And to be able to proclaim that. And live that. So that when you have other family, other friends, people come around. They're like, hmm, man, I see your faith. That's, I want to know about that. And then you have the opportunity. Maybe you can experience, you know what? I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of that at all. Because I believe what God has said. And what God is doing and he will do. I'm looking forward to that day when he comes again. I'm not dreading the end of the, the uh, end of time or, or the end of the, the world. I'm not dreading that because I know what stands before me and what I have to look forward to. Let's pray. Father God, I, I, uh, I do pray that we can be because I know that there, there are, are, are those that, that, that do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not uh, immune to it all, uh, either. I know that there are situations that I, I have found myself in that I'm like, oh, man. I'm acting as if I am ashamed. God, I, I pray that we can be more unashamed of the gospel, that we can have conversations with people. 
that we can be used by you, God, to, to do what it is that you have called us to do. God, we, at the end of the day, we don't want to be a church that just gathers and scatters. Sunday, get our fill, and then come back the next Sunday. God, we want to be a church that you're using and you're working through. God, it's my prayer as, as you've called me here to, to lead this rabble. Here that we all can be encouraged by one another by, by hearing the stories about this individual coming to know you and that individual coming to know you and just be encouraged that like we do have a purpose. It's not about me just learning more. It's about me learning and sharing. God, we want to see as many people that are in our lives now to be in our lives in, the, in eternity. God, we know that it's only through Christ that someone can be uh, in heaven with you. And we know that, that, that you have opened the, the, up the, the, the gifting, the opportunity for those who believe, for those who receive, for those who trust. In you. God, as we do ask that we can be encouraged and we can receive your blessings, that God we can that we, we, we can uh, uh, take the words of this song that we're going to sing here and understand that this is what you want for us God I'm convinced that it's, it's through not being ashamed of the greatest news that you ever gave us that you ever communicated to us and the communicating your son and what he did. Lord, as we end, as we sing, as we're during this time, my, my prayer is that if someone here is, is wrestling with just trusting you, that you break down that barrier, that they can trust you. That, that, that those that are, 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 are still wrestling with, I, I, I want to be on a shame, but I just listening to lies too much that God you would help them overcome them let them understand that it is that what you have already given them is equipped them for life created as he's in me that changes all we got the same spirit that was Christ Jesus from the dead the same spirit that's inside us God let us not just take today or any Sunday as a token I got my church in I got my Jesus in no let's just take this as an God, stir in us. Let us look forward to the blessings.